Would, would you guys like to postpone this, or, or should we just struggle through? I say we do it. Yeah, we're all... I mean, I'm ready. Yeah. Right. We're all ready. Can you give me five minutes to set up, or two minutes to set up my computer? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love you. Bye. <laughs> Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 3, Dead in the Water, directed by Kim Manners and written by Sarah Gamble and Raelle Tucker. We are natural, natural, natural friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, we've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Super natural friends. Super natural friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean travel to Lake Manitowoc, Wisconsin to investigate the supposed drowning of an avid swimmer in the lake. Their investigation uncovers the accidental drowning of a boy whose spirit is out for revenge. So this episode started with a woman jumping into that lake. Um, Do you guys remember what time of the year that we're in right now? I mean, he's wearing a jacket, so... They started on (laughs) Halloween. And then I, uh, it's been less than a couple of weeks. Yep. So, yep. so we're it's November, <laughs> mid-November, roughly in Wisconsin. Water temperature in Lake Winnebago in November is forty-three degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> this is why she drowned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you guys ever heard of the one ten one principle? It's nope. about the body's reaction to cold water. So in zero to one minutes. You'll go into cold shock and start to experience rapid breathing. In 10 minutes, you'll experience a loss of muscle control. And in one hour, hypothermia will start to set in. And that's what she decided to go for a swim in. Casey, are you blaming the victim? Do you think she (laughs) deserved to die? I don't think she deserved to die, but why is she swimming? (laughs) They didn't even pick, like, a semi-warm like place. No. It was... (laughs) wisconsin mid-november see that requires so little attention to detail and yet i would have completely missed it if not for you (laughs) i I wouldn't have put that together at all oh it's november huh that makes me wonder why they picked that in the first place like where do they get these towns from or these like areas it seems like they're just making them up randomly like not even yeah and I mean, some of it will be based on whatever, like, monster creature spirit, whatever's featured in the episode, but this one had nothing to do with the location at all. Okay. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely an interesting question of why did they pick here? I told you guys I remembered a little bit of this episode. Like I said, I I think I got close to finishing the season, but I I honestly don't even remember. I barely watched it. Um, but like I said, this one like must've stuck out to me. And as I was watching this, I realized why, like (laughs) this is a generally creepy episode. (laughs) Yeah. 
I remember the dragging down into the lake part specifically. Oh, when the little boy pops his head up, just like halfway out of the water. It's good stuff. Little, little kids, man. <laughs> you want something <laughs> creepy, you just bring out a little boy. <laughs> I think on the creepiness aspect of it, it really, I don't think I have a phobia of water, especially lakes. But like when I was little, I remember if a little bit of seaweed brushed your foot, you freak out like, what is that? And you like really scared. I think that's one of the reasons this is so creepy is it taps into that. Like there's just this natural fear of dark water that you're like, Ooh, what's in there? What's going on? And even if, you know, you grew up on a lake or you're, you're just used to it, there's still that little bit in the back of your head. So when you see a movie, it's just extra creepy. Mm-hmm. You, your brain starts like like oh i remember being in water and being freaked out so it definitely hits on some things by watching this i really liked uh when sam and dean's like opening uh conversation with each other what i i accidentally looked at the imdb and they actually brought this quote out um a little bit um but uh people don't disappear people just stop looking for them mm-hmm. I like that quote a lot. I mean, I didn't like it, but uh, (laughs) I mean, it's accurate. I mean, how many people go missing and they're still out there, but it's just, you know, it's not plausible to keep going and looking. Yeah. I, uh, I actually got really into like, uh, missing hikers there for a while, just like looking up stories. Some of them are downright creepy. Like, um, so like this kind of is, I was like, Oh yeah, people just stop looking for them, you know? But that, that quote itself, uh, I think I like how he's talking about dad at that point, I think. Because they're talking about how the, the trail went cold looking for yeah. dad. Um, but it definitely like that sets us up for the rest of the episode. Like, you know, how many missing people are. So it, it all ties together like, oh, people don't just disappear. Um, so not long into the episode, we're introduced to our big guest star for the week. Amy Acker. Do you guys recognize Amy Acker at all? She looked really familiar, and I couldn't couldn't place it. No, Bruce, did you recognize her? Not at all. So Amy Acker played Andrea Barr. Um, Amy Acker was also in a little show called Angel. Maybe mm-hmm. you know her from The Gifted, possibly from Person of Interest, or Greg. You definitely know her from a little show called Dollhouse. You know, as you started talking about her, I was like, whiskey, right? Is whiskey? Yep. Yep, whiskey. I, uh, for the entire week, I could not put that together. Man, should we do a dollhouse podcast? We should do a dollhouse podcast. <laughs> we are now a dollhouse podcast. Cool. <laughs> Side project. Yeah. Lucas, this kid, man, <laughs> he starts off this long hair, this dead stare, and it was just, it was very well done. I mean, immediately you're like, I don't even know what happened to this kid, but trauma. Like, this kid's gone through some stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. And, Dean really uh, hits you quickly with the feels whenever he tells the kid, watching one of your parents die isn't something you just get over. He gets mm-hmm. it. I have a fun fact about Nico McEwan. M C E O W N plays Lucas Barr. Um, he appears in Supernatural again like 10 years later as just like an extra <laughs> like he, wait really <laughs> yeah let me double check so it's 2005 he played lucas Barr, and then uh in 2011 
he plays young kid number one like not the same character just (laughs) yeah because he doesn't have like he has like 10 15 credits so he he's not in a lot of things so i thought that was interesting so the boys make it to the house to talk to the family about their um sophie who dove into the water and disappeared um and introduce himself as agent ford and agent hamill which is a star wars reference that's pretty neat i i actually like i said i accidentally went across the imdb at a certain point bruce bruce you don't accidentally <laughs> jump on IMDb, pull up the episode, and find Whoops. these interesting facts. I'm sorry. It doesn't happen. So I look for the director and the writer for the opening, and they always have those little, like, like, uh, like the little, little things to tease you onto mm-hmm. what they are. Um, but uh, they said Lucas as well is a nod to Star Wars. I could see that, yeah. As George Lucas, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Three Star Wars references. That's pretty neat. Ford and Hamill sounded so familiar, but without the internet, I could not figure it out. Like, no? Because I'm, I'm always assuming it's some rock band, and I'm like, I don't know any Ford and Hamill, but why does that sound familiar? So this episode introduced our first vengeful spirit. Bruce, how are we looking on that bingo board? Let me see where it's at. Uh, so the bingo board I created, I did uh, put all of the different type of uh, monsters that you gave me. Um, and I tried my best to like put the ones that I think were going to happen in like corners um, in the straight line across. And I put the uh, ones I didn't think in like the odd places. Um, and Vengeful Spirit was a bottom right corner. So setting right. up pretty good we have the middle space in the bottom right corner and we'll post a picture of that updated bingo board whenever this episode goes live so you guys want to hear a little bit about the vengeful spirit oh please do a vengeful spirit is a ghost who was wronged in their lives and seeks revenge in the afterlife in some cultures that have funeral or burial ceremonies vengeful spirits can come from those who do not receive a proper burial some say that you can kill the spirit by salting and burning its bones so obviously vengeful spirit isn't very specific and this story about this boy is also very generic and not tied to anything in particular and we also didn't get to see the salting and burning of the bones um so we'll dive more into that once we actually get to see that happen as well but this vengeful spirit had a body count of four kills in this episode making it our most deadly monster so far (laughs) and youngest and youngest (laughs) <laughs> I mean <laughs> he died 35 years ago <laughs> that brings up a point of uh, that that kind of got to me a little bit where so the concept of vengeful spirit like you were just saying like in the end like the sheriff gave himself up and, and he took him and I guess he's more or less satisfied but there is no real like show of a resolve to me, at least, it didn't feel like, like, this is definitively all good now. Like, they just kind of up and left after the sheriff died. And I kind of wondered, like, maybe he'll still kill everyone. <laughs> I, think, I think that's based off of their experience with vengeful spirits. Um, I mean, as you'll come to see, they're fairly common for these guys. Um, and they knew that once he was done with his revenge, that he would be gone. Because they even told him that he's not going to stop until 
the spirit kills him. I don't know. I just like like from a storytelling perspective, I wanted to like confirm, like see it visually play out. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's not like they talk to anybody and they're like, "Oh, okay, he's done now." Like it's just we just uh, we know. <laughs> yeah, but like like in the first episode, we got the terrible CGI of the children dragging the yeah. woman to hell, and for this episode, we got a shot of the lake. which you know in their defense i I would prefer not crappy cgi so i guess that's good but yeah (laughs) just nitpicking little thing i put in here about uh so the sheriff um at some point sheriff i think is he a police officer or was he just like yeah uh, i said sheriff i I never confirmed sheriff Okay, I couldn't think if he was like a park ranger or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those evil park rangers. Um, so at some point he goes uh, that they're not giving money to fix the dam for that lake or something. And I don't know, me being me, it was like, why aren't they giving the money for it? Is it because, you know, six people are randomly dying in this lake? So my theory <laughs> is that the government doesn't want to give them any more money because people can just keep dying and leave, getting lost in there. So they're going to flood the whole town. That's the plan. <laughs> that's not really resolved either, is it? It's just this town's done. I mean, that's not their problem. That's not a supernatural <laughs> issue, Bruce. I Fair. I didn't really pay attention to that issue. I <laughs> I pictured uh, Ryerson uh, like the same concept, <laughs> a little damn. So, yeah, well, not I guess. That's a very smaller example, but I didn't realize a town was being flooded. I thought it was just this lake will no longer be here, but it's not oh, a no, catastrophic. I'm, I'm pretty sure you said it would wipe out the town. See, oh, wow. my interpretation of that was kind of like Greg's, where it was like, okay, well, the lake's going to be not there anymore. So, like, the like economy that is built up around it is no longer there either. Yeah, hmm. that's how I... Because he was very calm about talking about their lake being flooded or their town being flooded. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Sorry about the random reference to Ryerson. I don't think <laughs> it's a local damn. <laughs> so it didn't take long, three episodes in, but the boys actually got caught in their impersonating a federal officer. So that was pretty cool. They didn't get away with it very long. Well, this is already a trend, though. They did that in episode one. They were caught. Dean was arrested. Oh, that's right. Well, shoot. <laughs> yeah, they suck. <laughs> uh, one two out of three. three. <laughs> <laughs> to your point about getting caught, though, I kind of like it where it gives credit to the characters of like people aren't just automatically gullible enough to accept everything at face value. So the sheriff checked on their names and said, there's no people by that name. What, what were they pretending to be? Rangers? They pose as federal wildlife officers. I would automatically be suspicious of that in the first place. Is that even a real thing? Uh, that's what I'm looking up. <laughs> they are, yeah. But yeah, these people, like, yes, they double check them, but at the same time, like, they don't try real hard to, like, uh, think about it initially. It's like, yeah, okay. And then they're like, they go back and like, oh, I checked your stuff. <laughs> that was yesterday that you let them into your office. <laughs> There's also like these, these small town with these rinky-dink setups where <laughs> this 
the sheriff's station, his daughter was dropping off his grandson to babysit. (laughs) (laughs) He has a job to do, and (laughs) she just dropped off his grandson. He's probably just doing paperwork. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Could be checking up on errands. Um, So when Andrea got pulled from the tub, uh, she told Sam that she heard a voice saying, come play with me. Did you guys hear that at all? Mm-mm. And I watched with subtitles. I didn't see it. Okay. Because then you heard it You heard it when Lucas heard it, though, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Like so on the dock. Um, whenever Lucas randomly walks away, whenever he leaves the house, he hears a voice saying, come play with me. Mm. So I was wondering if I might maybe missed it at all during the episode. And I kind of want to go back and see, like, during the kill scenes, if there was more whispering of come play with me i feel like i i watch those subtitles too and i don't feel like i saw that a whole lot do we all watch it with subtitles that's cool yeah <laughs> it's like uh you have to with kids <laughs> <Yeah>. sorry <laughs> speaking of lucas wandering off i was kind of thrown by that where lucas saw his dad die Really traumatic experience. He's all, I don't know what you call like his response to it, where he wasn't talking. He seems to have a grasp of like this, this issue. Uh, and, you know, he's got drawings, these predictions or whatever. He seems to understand something bad is happening. And then he wanders off to go play in the lake with this <laughs> dead boy. And I was like, well, that seems out of character to me. <laughs> Maybe it has um, siren powers. That's how I kind of shrugged it off with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess it just kind of lures him. But man. Lures. L- with a U, not an O. <laughs> lures. Um, I did love the Sam or Dean and Lucas dynamic this whole episode. Um, you just felt a, like a huge connection between those two the whole time um, because they went through similar traumatic experiences seeing their parent being killed and it was kind of cool to see Dean become like a father figure I know they played it off in the beginning like uh, oh he's bad with kids but like it's actually pretty good with kids I don't know if that was him trying to like prove himself but yeah I just really enjoyed that that dynamic as a father it was just kind of I don't know that kind of stuff is silly and it tugs at me in certain ways yeah, and like you said, they try to play it off as, oh, tough guy Dean, he's going to be bad with kids. But the more you think about it, the more it does make sense because he probably raised Sam for the most part with as absent as their father was based off their descriptions. Um, and he their spent a lot super of super absent mother. Um, yeah, so Dean <laughs> spent a lot of time taking care of Sam, and it kind of shines through with his interactions with Lucas. Dean and Lucas have a lot in common, so like there is a connection there. But I, I think it's interesting, though, that this is uh, more or less the second time that Dean has connected with the locals. Uh, like he connected with them more or less on an emotional level, whereas Sam just kind of like is off on his own. So. In the Wendigo episode, like he was really focused on the family and helping them. And Sam was having his issues with just really wanting to find their dad. But in general, so far, it's always been 
Dean connecting with the locals. So we'll see if that continues. Also, is he going to like flirt with every single girl that he comes across? Because <laughs> my guy say yes. <laughs> Just... He's a uh, two for two on the smooches. So <laughs> go Dean, go. Oh, did he get a smooch this one? Yeah. Yeah. This one on the lips. Yeah, it was a good one. Last, last one was on the forehead. Can you guys remind me whenever we get um, Jared Padalecki on for his interview? I want to ask him if it's weird to make the adjustment from him being Dean to someone else being named Dean. <laughs> and Gilmore Girls, whose name was Dean. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, yeah, that's all. Just remind me. I know you're joking, but he was on Gilmore Girls for quite a while, right? Yeah, it was, he was on for two or three years before jumping over to Supernatural. So, so you really would kind of get yeah, used to that's what, Even, like, I'm sure on set, it probably wouldn't happen as much, but those first couple of scripts he was probably reading were probably a little confused. <laughs> oh, wrong line. <laughs> it said Dean. It seems like the CGI in this show is a little hit or miss. Like, it's either really on or it's just like, ugh. And... They didn't use a lot here, but there were a couple times where I saw it and it just felt off. Um, boat flip? The boat flip. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened, but that was so like this random pixelated water throws them. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it felt kind of unnecessary too. Like at no other point do we see this great exhibit of strength from the spirit and he's shown more of a pulling thing, pulling people into water. So why did they feel the need to kind of break away from that? Just pull them into the water. Yeah. Even the boat, that'd be a way easier yeah. thing to mock <laughs> up than the boat flip. Just seemed a little off. That's also like my preference of, I totally understand that even uh, high budget TV shows have a, have a real, they have a cap on their CGI budget, and I definitely prefer when shows work around that by either practical effects or not showing it. So I was complaining earlier about we didn't have a resolve of the spirit or anything, but I'd prefer to not have one than to have terrible CGI. So, <laughs> um, And that's what's nice about, uh, I mean, most of the shows so far is uh, these monsters that for most of the episode they don't even see. Mm-hmm. And so that they're working with that that's nice but then sometimes when they do see it it's it's a little not the greatest cgi this family went through a lot that kid's <laughs> father and his grandfather i believe is dead now mm-hmm. like yeah mm-hmm. that's and do they, they i don't think they imply that they have anyone else at this point no. Yeah. So it's just uh in my head I was like, okay, so they have to pretend or not pretend, but like they have to keep living after this. And that's always been a thing in my head, like any horror movie where like something huge and traumatic happens happens to these people, my like head goes to, okay, now they go home. What happens now? Like how do they like incorporate themselves back into this normal life? And they do play it a little bit where like, oh, the kid's normal again, but like his dad and his grandfather have just been murdered underneath the lake. Like this kid's not swimming ever again in his life. <laughs> yeah. And the thing that I actually was wondering was how do people cope with this? Like ghosts are real. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. So not only are those people dead, but they were killed by a ghost. He's a young kid, so like the the typical fears around that time of uh being scared of the dark or there's something in my closet is just like, oh well That's a thing we that can happen for life now because <laughs> it's real. I brought a thing in here about smartphones helping things, but I, I don't even know why I wrote that. But in general, like my, my I'm like, if they have a smartphone, this would make their life so much easier. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not sure exactly what that was for. I'm going to give this one a, give it a nine out of, no, sorry, eight out of 10. Uh, let me start over. I'm going to give this an eight. What's the spirit called? Uh, what spirit? His, his name was Peter. <laughs> Eight <laughs> Peters out of ten. I really like, especially in a Monster of the Week TV show, I really like episodes that feel like a full-on movie. And it's particularly impressive that they can do something like that in, in the span of 40 minutes. Except for some CGI, that one scene of CGI, it looked good, it's a good story, it unfolded well. And it also, um, I like the mystery to it, where last week it was a mystery of what, what is this thing hunting us in the woods, but this week it was also a mystery of uh, there's a spirit, but why is it angry, what's happening, and, and that slowly unfolded throughout the whole episode, making it much more than if it was just a spirit causing trouble. So, eight Peters out of ten. I actually wrote down the same uh, rating, so I also am going to give it eight Peters out of ten. Um, I, like I said earlier, I really loved the Dean slash kid story. As I become a father, uh, those type of stories really hit home to me. Uh, what if I died? What type of uh, impact would that have on my kid? Uh, so this type of, uh, this kid's going through a lot, but Dean being there to kind of support him and help him through that, uh, it just really connected with me. Like you said, I really loved the completion of the story. You know, they started with a very, uh, you know, good beginning and they wrapped it up at the end feeling like it was complete and, you know, things were better when they left. It's not a nine or 10 only because, we talk about this monster of the week format and this one felt like the most monster of the week we've had so far. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk about dad. Um, the only thing we talked about was that <laughs> the case had gone cold. Um, so we're just going around helping people. So um, I brought it down a little bit only because of that, but uh, I, lo- I loved it. I love this episode. Well, boys, it only took three weeks, but we have our first unanimous score. I'm also gonna give it eight Peters out of ten. Um, I mean, you guys, you guys said it all. Um, it was a really well told vengeful spirit story, um, and I like that the focus of the episode wasn't really on the spirit itself, but about the people that it was affecting. Um, about seeing this mom and her kid and the impact that the spirit was having on them indirectly and directly. Um, yeah, so I think it was just a well told story, and it continues to kind of build the world that we're watching week to week and um, understanding kind of what these boys have been experiencing their whole lives. So eight Peters out of 10. Uh, So Greg, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching episode four, Phantom Traveler on United Britannia flight 
2485, a man possessed by the spirit of the Phantom Traveler causes the plane to crash, leaving only seven survivors. Predictions? Um, with that, uh, we're definitely, you know, we're in a plane probably most of the episode. Is that what that said? Um, just give me something. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, want to go too far into it, but we're definitely going to be keeping the, uh, monster of the week format only because I think Sam and Dean's conversation, they were like, oh, while we're looking for dad, we're going to be. Um, helping other people too so i think next episode is going to be a little bit more of the same on that instance they're headed somewhere something happens on a plane and then when we get to where we're going uh everything's better and we're moving on (laughs) my prediction what do we do now i think that's it um you and i talk for a second and then bruce interrupts us (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's probably it for any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural, natural Friends. Natural Friends. I'm glad we still squeeze this out. I was... I, when I first showed up here, I was like, we're not doing it. We just can't. Like, they'll only do it without me. Just, what a pessimist. Yeah. You weren't even that late. You were like 20 minutes late. Yeah. 48. 40, 40. You're a half hour late at that point. We started 45 minutes late. Yeah. <laughs>